0: singing and we do some Christmas caroling and all of a sudden it's it's just it's over and uh, just to take a few minutes and uh, just worship and song together and I just just enjoy that time Uh, I might feel uh, one of those things where uh, maybe I was trying to get by with a shorter sermon so I just asked us to sing a little bit longer (laughs) um but it is the old, old story, and it's familiar, and it it is a challenge as we look into the scriptures, Um, and I was just challenged again, as we look at just the the true meaning of Christmas, and I know it was mentioned in our Sunday school class, you know, there's there's all kinds of Christmas lights, decorations, ways that you can uh, express the Christmas cheer, Uh, even the busyness and the supermarkets and, and just the hustle and the bustle of, of the Christmas season, uh, but just to, to step back and worship Jesus Christ, our King. So the true meaning of Christmas is what I've titled the, the message this morning. And as I, I looked at this, as I just thought about studying in our Sunday school lesson about John, I um, and the, the Trinity, again, in our Sunday school lesson this morning, the Trinity of God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit working together uh, to manifest this redemption to us. And just, you know, just trying to wrap your mind around it, as, as Lewis said, it's, it's, it's a little hard to, to do that. In the beginning was the Word. So did the Word have a beginning if the word was before the beginning and you know if the word doesn't have an ending uh, it it just yeah it's a little difficult to to understand but but the word is what we're going to talk about this morning the word that came to us the same that was in the beginning with God and then verse 14 in our lesson in the word. The the one that created the universe, the one that created us, and and the word was made flesh. The word that the creator had to become something that was created in the flesh, and then boy, it just my mind just couldn't quite wrap my mind around that. And he dwelt among us, was willing to come down, dwell among us, to offer us the gift of eternal life. Um, as we think back in the garden, and God said, let us make man in our image. So here we see the picture of the, the Trinity working together. And as we go through just the, the old, old story, I'm going to spend some time first couple chapters in Luke and maybe the first chapter in Matthew there. Again, it's the the old, old story. But let us look to see how the the Trinity is working together to bring that to fulfillment and how each one of those that had part uh, in the the story and the accounts were willing to surrender their lives to the calling that um, God and God sent the angels and, and, you know, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost was upon people as we read through there. Just a the challenge um, that I got reading through the, the scriptures here once again. And we know uh, by one man's sin uh, entered spiritual death. But by one man, Jesus Christ, we have that free gift in the justification of life. As we see the the Trinity involved in the creation, we see the Trinity at work in the Christmas story unfolding, the redemption of man. So, as we think of the Word that always was, and, and in the beginning was the Word, uh, oftentimes this time of the year we think of um, Happy Birthday, Jesus, <laughs> yeah. and then so if jesus always was and he came in the flesh and and he always will be um, does jesus have a a birthday if he always was and he always will be and i guess he had an earthly birthday so that's what we look at christmas um, as whenever jesus we celebrate jesus coming to earth so jesus was willing to have a birthday on this earth for you and for I, so we can be born again, and just that thought of Jesus coming, being willing to have a birthday on this earth, so we can be born again and um, experience that joy and that peace in our lives. Going to look at just some of the the announcements, I guess, um, as we go down through the the story. So if you want to. Uh, Turn with me to Luke chapter 1. We're going to start here with uh, Gabriel. And uh, this is Gabriel coming to to Zacharias. May not have um, directly, um, I would say, definitely had an influence on on the life of of Mary and, and Joseph, and the baby. But this, if we think of the years before that being kind of dark, kind of quiet, um, the quiet years, silent years, 400 years, all of a sudden, um, we're going to see that the Trinity started fulfilling the purpose here. So I'm going to read Luke chapter 1, verses 5 through, through 25. And as I read this, just listen for those little hints of of people being surrendered, the Holy Ghost, the presence of God. So it's starting to read at Luke chapter 1, verse 5. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judah, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abia, and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. And they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren. And they both were now well-stricken in years. And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord." And the whole multitude of the people were praying without at that time of incense. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. And the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard. And thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son... And thou shalt call his name John, and thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth, for he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God, and he shall go before them in spirit and in power of Elias to turn their hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to, to the wisdom of the just, to make ready the people prepared for the Lord. And Zacharias said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is well stricken in years. And the angel answering said unto him, I am Gabriel, that stand in the presence of God, am sent to speak unto thee and to show thee these glad tidings. And behold, thou shalt be dumb and not able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed, because thou believest not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season. And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he tarried so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak unto them, And they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned unto them and remained speechless. And it came to pass that as soon as the days of his ministration were accomplished, he departed to his own house. And after these days his wife Elizabeth conceived and hid herself five months, saying, Thus hath the Lord dealt with me in the days wherein he looked on me, To take away my reproach among men. Just going to stop reading there. So, here you see um, Zacharias, Elizabeth were faithful, they were blameless, doing the work they were supposed to do. And God um, saw their need of a son, and it was prophesied in the Old Testament that John the Baptist should come, and he chose Zacharias and Elizabeth. Then here it says Zacharias doubted. He had those doubts in his mind and the Lord took a speech from him. He was, he was dumb. And, um, but notice what the angel there said, it will come to pass, <laughs> whether you believe it or not, it will come to pass. And Elizabeth was grateful for that. And, um, again, Gabriel stood in the presence of God here, God Send Gabriel down to Zacharias. Let's keep reading. Um, start at verse 26 through 38. This, um, Gabriel's going to come down again and uh, speak to someone else. So, verse 26: In the six months, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto the city of Galilee, named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw this, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, her, Fear not, Mary. For thou hast found favor with God, and behold, thou shalt conceive conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her, who is called barren. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. And then Mary, um, Mary said, behold, the handmaiden of the Lord, think about that one, behold, The handmaiden of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Just stop reading uh, right there. So here, um, the angel, Gabriel, as we were introduced to earlier, he came down, sent from God to speak to Mary. Mary had favor with God, verse 30. Verse 35, we see the Holy Ghost come upon her and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore, also that holy thing which shall be born shall be called the Son of God. There's Jesus. So we see God, we see the Holy Ghost, we see Jesus in this message from Gabriel. And for with God, nothing shall be impossible. Just think about that. So Mary was giving the um, the news. She was startled at uh, Gabriel. Probably, if uh, if you were ever doing something and then not expecting someone to walk up to you, and all of a sudden someone's there, it just takes you for for surprise. Um, but Mary was able to, I think, through, think through this. And then Gabriel told her that. You know, your cousin Elizabeth is expecting a child as well. So Mary, uh, we're going to keep reading here. Um, She was a spouse to to Joseph, and I'm not sure when she would have told Joseph uh, about this, uh, that she was basically a virgin. They both knew that, and she was going to have a child but this child was going to be no ordinary child. This is going to be Emmanuel. This is going to be Jesus. We're going to call his name Jesus. It doesn't say anything uh, right here in Luke, but that just go on. Mary, uh, I think she's just overcome with, with joy, with with thoughts, and she went to to go visit Elizabeth. And let's just read to see what happened here, how God continues to lead the people So uh, let's keep reading Luke chapter one, verse 39. And Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste into a city of Judah and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spake out with a loud voice, and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she that believeth, for there shall Be a performance of these things which were told her from the Lord. And then Mary uh, just goes into basically uh, just praise and adoration for what I think just the, the extra encouragement that Elizabeth gave to her, but she was pouring out her spirit to God of what the Lord is doing through her, through her cousin Elizabeth there. And we notice in those verses that I read, Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And as soon as the sound that Mary told her what was happening, what the angel said, um, the babe, which is John, John the Baptist, leaped. (laughs) You could say jump for joy, but there wasn't any uh, floor to push on to to actually jump. So I, I think he jumped for joy. He kicked Inside of Elizabeth, Elizabeth just resounded with joy in this. Uh, told Mary that whenever I heard that news, um, the baby inside of me was filled with the Holy Ghost, and just it just resonated with what Mary was saying. It was a time of rejoicing. I think they encouraged each other in that. Brother Wendell, you mentioned about you know receiving a card and going back to this that card time and time again, and and. Just getting encouragement from that, and I just think that Mary and Elizabeth did that. They encouraged each other through this, and with God, nothing is impossible. Well, with that, uh, Mary would have stayed there uh, for three months, and then she, she had to come back. Uh, she came back, and um, let's turn to, to Luke chapter, I'm sorry, Matthew Um, Matthew chapter 1, and if you want to just kind of keep your finger in there at Luke, we're going to return back there. So Matthew chapter 1, I'm going to start to read in verse 18, and this is uh, Joseph. Joseph um, here, like I said, I don't know if he knew that that Mary... um, was pregnant with with Jesus or not. I think he probably did, but scripture doesn't tell us when they had that conversation. But here in Matthew chapter 1, I'm going to start to read in verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was filled with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary, thy wife, For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost, and she shall bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord, by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which, being interpreted, is God with us. Then Joseph, being risen from sleep, did, as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. So here we see Joseph's response. Here an angel came, doesn't say the the, the angel's name, but here was, uh, I believe, God's leading in Joseph's life. And Joseph was willing to take this responsibility, even though he probably didn't understand everything, but he was willing to take that. Just a note here um, on this account, that a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, Emmanuel. This was a... a Basically prophesied in in Isaiah. I don't have the time to to really go back into that. The the verses there are Second Chronicles 28 verses 5 through 8. So Second Chronicles 28 5 through 8. If you want to go back and actually read into the background of this, but uh, King Ahaz um, basically did not do what was righteous. In God's eyes and in God's promise there to David uh, is there shall not fail thee a man in thy sight to sit on the throne of Israel so that thy children take heed to their way and they walk before me as thou hast walked before me so Isaiah went to Ahaz but Ahaz was having a bad day uh, really bad day uh, the king of Judah came against him and um, slain in Judah 120,000 people and carried away captives of 200,000 people. So that's a bad day, <laughs> um, including women, children, and just was overcome with this. And Isaiah came to him to um, Ahaz and, and told him, he said, you know, God will provide for the, the, the children there of judah as his promises to david what sign you want me to give to you and uh, ahaz didn't give him a sign so isaiah said this shall be the sign that a virgin shall conceive so it kind of has a little bit of a history behind that um i think if joseph would have been taught the scriptures i think this would have resonated with him and as we see in in Matthew chapter 1, there's a long lineage, uh, including David, and it keeps going, it doesn't stop there at Ahaz, and God was faithful to to his promises. And I think there's a possibility that Joseph would have recognized this, um, would have maybe recognized what was going on, and he himself was willing to take that responsibility. So 700 years before that, Isaiah was already prophesying that a virgin shall conceive. Let's turn back to Luke chapter 2. And this is a, almost a, a too familiar passage because we can read through it, almost memorize it, um, and just to stop and, and take the time to think about it. And that's why I'm bringing out the old story because this is the true meaning of Christmas here. So here we see Joseph, Mary, um, both agreed to to be married but not have any union. And uh, Joseph came upon a situation where he needed to take a trip and his wife Mary was uh, very much pregnant. And um, yeah, this would not be the most comfortable time to to take a trip probably to somewhere else where you're not sure what what the circumstances are going to be on the other end but they were both willing to do that Um, and by doing that they were actually fulfilling prophecy let's just read luke chapter 2 verses 1 through 7 and it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from caesar augustus that all the world should be taxed and this taxing was first made when cyrenius was governor of syria that she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Just stop right there, think about the situation. And Joseph and Mary uh, were going through this. As we think about those songs, Silent Night, um, people were sleeping. The Messiah was born and I kind of picture this as a maybe a silent night maybe out in a I can't really say a stable I don't know if the scriptures tells us a stable or a cave um, but there there was a basically a place there where you could feed cattle that's what a manger is um, so they they were just doing the best they could and I, I think they probably had enough of time to to just stop and maybe hold baby Jesus and just wonder Yeah how God chose them and they were willing to to follow through with this and it just I don't know maybe just seemed like does anybody know we're here? Um just kind of that feeling that if if this is the Son of God and and why are we here? Um, but God was leading. The, the Trinity was leading through all this. Well, we'll soon see. And then I realized time is getting away from me and I figured it would. Well, we're just going to keep, keep reading through it. Um, the angels couldn't keep quiet. Uh, the angels, I think, knew what was going on. And, and they just they, they couldn't hardly contain themselves. I could just see them up there, and God said, go tell the shepherds. So let's continue reading Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 20, and we'll see what the response of the shepherds were. So Luke chapter 2, starting to read in verse 8. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. In a manger, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, "Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men." And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the angels or the shepherds, sorry, said one to another, "Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us." And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. When they had seen it, they made known abroad the sayings which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them inner hearts and the shepherds returned glorifying and praising god for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them so here we see just the abundance of joy uh, expressing from heaven from the shepherds the shepherds going around telling people uh, you know what they've seen what they found and this i believe was the trinity working through them, through angels, uh, to proclaim the Messiah's birth. As we could look down through there, and I'm not going to take the time to do it. You could read it for yourself. We come into to Simeon. Um, he was basically an older man, but he was filled with the Holy Ghost. Uh, Luke chapter 2, verses 21 through 35. And then we come into... Uh, A lady, a widow named Anna, uh, verses 36 through 40. And they were all waiting. They were waiting in anticipation of the Messiah. And then if we take the time to turn back to Matthew chapter 2, we come into the wise men. And they were led uh, by the star. They were led by basically God, that this is what they are supposed to do. And then Joseph continued to be led by um, the angel speaking to him in, in his dreams to go down into Egypt, when to come back, where to go. And this is all recorded in the prophecies hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before that. Um, so the way the, the people were willing to, to be used by God. And if we bring that back to today, you know, the, the Trinity is still alive and well. God's love is, is with us. God's leading us through the Holy Spirit living inside each one of us. Uh, Jesus, of course, uh, was willing to be born, to die, to be rose again, uh, to ascend into heaven. It's a right hand, the throne of God interceding for us. So the Trinity is, is at work among us today as well. What is our response to that? And to God's leading in us. I mean, we look at the Christmas story and, you know, that's, uh, that's an event that we marvel in. And marvel how the people uh, were used and nothing's impossible with God. But we take that back to us and back to, to real life. Um, I want to read for you Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Pretty simple. But as we think of just encouraging each other, uh, wherefore, since we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, there are many people, many believers around us, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, compared to a race. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Just in those two verses, just packed full of just what our purpose is, as God leads us, directs us, as we are just called to encourage each other. In this walk, we can, again, look look back at the account. But I think we, um, here at Millmont today, 2023, for Christmas, we do have a testimony, just like the shepherds. We do have a testimony. Let us be bold. Let us show the true Christmas season uh, to each other, the true true meaning of the, the Christmas season. And let us... Just worship Christ, um, the New King. So hopefully you were challenged again by the just the old, old story, and um, just how God continues to to lead us, willing to come down um, and live among us, become flesh. And so often we kind of hear that, and then yeah, it it kind of rings a bell. But let us take the time to really think about that. Uh, Let's all stand for a closing prayer.